The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that that you're here with us on the Lord's Day to gather together and to, to worship God and to praise His name. Uh, we're in a series of lessons uh, in the book of Philippians. And so if you have a Bible, you can be opening to Philippians chapter 1, and we'll be looking at the, the latter part uh, of that chapter this morning. I want to thank Larry for, for reading us, for leading us in that familiar scripture reading, Psalm 23, a psalm that covers many different topics, but um, one of those topics being death. And it's a psalm that's often read at, at funerals, and, and that is our subject today, is, is death. And that's what Paul's going to talk about uh, in the latter parts of Philippians chapter 1. And so we'll begin with the question, how do you feel about death? And that question, you know, might sound morbid to some, even though that death is a reality for all of us. You know, there will come a day where, where each of us has to face death, so it's probably something we might want to spend some time, you know, talking about and thinking about. And I don't raise this question simply as an act of public service, although we could do that. I, I raise it because death is what Paul's talking about in our text this morning. Uh, you'll remember that he is in prison. And, and he's not sure whether he's going to live or he's going to die. And so he's thinking about death. He's contemplating death. And I suspect that many of us don't talk about death because we hope it's something that's far, far away. You know, we enjoy life and therefore we don't want to die. We don't even like to think about it. So we just pretend like it's not there. We might occasionally broach the subject at a funeral, but other than that, it rarely comes up. Well, there are several noticeable difference, uh, differences between how we talk about death and how Paul talks about death. Because you see, Paul welcomes the subject. He embraces death, and he looks forward to that day that he's going to be with Christ. And Scripture often does this. It challenges our thinking. It can make us feel a little uncomfortable. And this is because it's trying to get us to, to look at the world in a different way. And we need to keep all this in mind as we read what Paul has to say about death. And so Philippians 1, I'm going to begin at the, the very end of verse 18 because uh, you get cut off in the middle of a sentence there. And then go to verse 26. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. 
Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. How can Paul say that to die is gain? You see, his outlook on death is different than most people. For most people, death is scary. For some, it's the end. You know, they, they believe you die and then there's nothing. For others, death means uncertainty. They are, you know, agnostic about death. They don't know what's going to happen to them. And, you know, that, that unknown is frightening. This is one of the reasons I think a lot of people just don't talk about death. But for Paul, death was not something to be celebrated, per se, but uh, neither was it something to be feared. And so death was not a part of God's original creation, nor is it going to be a part of the new heavens and new earth. But we need to recognize that something changed when Jesus rose from the grave. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 and 55, Paul quotes two passages from the Old Testament in this lengthy discussion of the resurrection. And I believe that these two passages perfectly sum up his view on death. He says that death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? And so death is not good, but it is something that has been defeated. It has been swallowed up in victory. And because of this, its power, its sting has been removed. And so death no longer has the last word. Anyone who is in Christ does not have to fear death. And Paul's view of death is not just about death. It's equally about life. And so death has been defeated, but there's more to the story than this. James 4 and verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And so James is talking here about our life prior to death. And he says that this life is brief. He says it's like a, a vapor or a mist. It's here one moment, it's gone the next. And so if we were to create a, a timeline of our life, if you can just kind of imagine that, a timeline of our life for all eternity, not just here on earth, but for all eternity, then our life prior to death, that means our life right now, would be a, a tiny little blip on that timeline. It would be microscopic. It would barely show up. The life we are living now is a very small part of our life. We have much, much more in front of us. The, the best part of our life 
is not behind us. It is ahead of us. Now, here's the problem. Too many people are living just for this life. And so they think that this life is, is all there is. And they believe that the best part of their life is behind them. And so they're depressed, and they're unhappy, and they're sad, and they may live vicariously, you know, through their children or their grandchildren with no hope of what is to come. Here's the question. Are you living for this life, or are you living for the life to come? Because when, when all we think we have is this life, we're going to feel unsatisfied. We're going to always be anxious because we think that we're running out of time. We're going to grow sadder with the passing of time because we think it's all running out. Living for this life does not produce joy. Living for this life is putting our hope in things that do not last, things that will rust and decay. And this is why Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so joy is what we desire. It's about what we desire. And desiring the wrong things are not going to produce joy. In fact, desiring the wrong things, are, that's going to lead to heartache. Desiring God and desiring Jesus, that produces joy in our life. But it also does more than this. When we set our affections, our desires on God and on his kingdom, then we enjoy this life even more. We begin to see the goodness and the beauty in this life that we may have missed before. Paul was eager to be with Christ, and we should be eager for this as well. We should desire to be with God in a world where, where things are not as they should be. Now, this does not mean that we should wish to die tomorrow. It does mean, though, that we should not fear death. And so if we're going to be with Christ, then we have nothing to be afraid of. Perhaps the thing that frightens most of us is the separation that we or our loved ones will experience. And Paul wrestles with this himself. He understood that his death would be a blow to the church at Philippi. That, that if he dies, it's good for him. He's going to be with Christ, but it's going to have an impact on those Christians back at Philippi. And Paul was ready to be with Christ. But he also understood that it was better for him to stay and to be with the Philippians. Separation is difficult. You know, parents have a hard time on that first day of kindergarten when they... they you know, have to send their child into that class for the first time. There's some separation there. They struggle with that. 
You know, we struggle when our kids leave home for college. It's painful, but eventually we learn to live with it. You know, if a close family member moves to another state, we might feel sad because they're not as close as they once were. And death is a separation. It's not being able to see our loved ones. It's not being able to to talk with them or, you know, spend holidays with them. And, And this is hard. And we should not pretend otherwise. Death is the greatest separation that we ever experience. But for the Christian, it is not permanent. There will be a reunion one day, and it's going to be the greatest reunion that we've ever experienced. It will be a reunion with our loved ones. It will be a a reunion with people that we've read about, people that we've studied. Uh, Most importantly, it's going to be a reunion with God. And we're going to be in his presence, and everything is going to be as it should be. In John 10 and verse 10, Jesus talks about abundant life. And when he's talking about abundant life, he's not just talking about life right now. That's part of it. But he's also talking about the life to come. Now, eternal life begins when we become a Christian. Uh, We get a taste of all those blessings that are to come. And so our, our life now should be lived in preparation for our life to come. You know, if you're a baseball player and you're playing in the minor leagues, then you're playing every day in expectation of playing in the major leagues one day. You know, it's what you think about. It's what you train for. It's your hope and it's your desire. And this is how we should live our lives as Christians. We long for the return of Jesus. We look forward to the redemption of all things. We pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are not satisfied with things the way they are. We live in expectation of what God is going to do one day. And our lives should be a reflection of God's coming glory. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, we're told... In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And so when people look at us, they should see hope because we are living for what is to come. Our best life is in front of us. We're not looking backwards and and longing for everything that we missed. We're looking forwards, longing for what is to come. And we are a hopeful people because Jesus overcame death and we are invited to celebrate with him when he returns. And that return will be a joyous event. There's going to be a party. There's going to be a big meal with with everyone that you know. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we do so remembering everything that Jesus has done for us. You know, he he went to the cross. He uh, was buried in the tomb, and he rose from the grave. The bread represents his body. The wine represents his blood. 
But at the same time, as we take the Lord's Supper, we should anticipate that meal that is to come. It is a foretaste of when we will dine with God. It is a hopeful meal. Death is something that we'll all face. But how we face it makes all the difference in the world. You know, some see it as an end, while others see it as a beginning. Some face it with fear, while others are confident that they're going to meet their Lord and Savior. Death should be something we talk about from time to time. Not because we want to be morbid, but because it's reality. Christians can confidently say with Paul and the prophets that death has lost its sting. That it has been swallowed up in victory. We serve a risen Savior. One who faced death and won. And so we should be willing to talk about death because there are some whom we know who don't have this confidence. And maybe it's because they're just living for this life. Or maybe it's because they've never given their life to Christ. And these people need to know there is a power in the universe that is greater than death. They need to know that, that death has been conquered and death is not the end. And this is a message that we need to share. It's a message that we have been entrusted with. People need to hear the gospel. They need to hear about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because there is a power in this message. And it's a message that can change the life of anyone who hears it. And it's up to us to proclaim it wherever we go. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and, and we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you that you've overcome death, that we no longer have to worry about it, that it's not the end, that death has lost its sting. And we know that this is only possible because of what Jesus did by going to the cross, by dying, and by being raised three days later. Father, we pray that we'll take um, this message to heart and that it will encourage us and that it will give us confidence and that we will not fear death as it approaches. Father, we also pray that we will be ready and willing to share this message with others. Maybe those who are uncertain about death or those who are afraid, those who do not know you. We pray that they will come to know the gospel, this good news. Father, be with us this morning as we conclude this worship service and we go back out into the world. We pray that people will see hope in us because we're not just living for this life. 
but we're living for the life to come. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.